you, Lord. Bless you, Lord. We bless you, Holy Spirit. We make room for you tonight. We make room for you tonight to have your way. Have your way tonight. Have your way. Whatever you want to do, this is your service. <laughs> We're your church. We're your children. Have your way in us. We open up ourselves. We abandon we come before you with great abandon, with great vulnerability, Father. We open ourselves up to receive from you tonight. Speak. Father, speak to us tonight. Oh, Father. speak oh how we long for your voice <laughs> we long for the sound of your voice it's so beautiful to us it's so comforting it's so strong and encouraging we just need to be still. We need to come to this place more often. Right here, it's quiet. So just listen. sheep and we hear his voice. Thank you, Lord. Just stay, stay in this attitude, worship. Stay right there. Don't move. So I was praying earlier. I just sensed the Father. And I, and I sensed it on Sunday as well. I just sensed that the Father wants to speak to his children. You know, he's God Almighty. He's got many names, many roles. Redeemer, El Shaddai, um, but Father, this is a, a, a fatherless generation here in the earth. There's so many on the face of the earth that don't know what a father looks like. They don't, they don't know. And so Father is wanting to speak. He wants to speak tonight. He wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me. And he wants to, first of all, say he loves you. Father loves you. He loves you. I 
I was praying in the Holy Ghost before I came in here. And I said, Lord, speak. You can just keep playing until I'm finished with this first part, Joseph. Thank you so much. Thank you, Teresa, for being led. And I heard him speak this, and I wrote it down. He says, I am ever speaking to my children, ever beckoning them to live higher than the world they live in. If only they would slow down long enough to hear my voice. And then he switched tense to speak to us directly. He said, you were created to live, and I'm saying this is you, this is me, this is you. This is a word for you and me tonight. So you, this is Father speaking to each of you and me. Amen? You were created to live with the sound of my voice cheering you on and guiding you step by step. Yes, you. You. Not one of you is left out. Not one. Every single one of you. Mm. Your ears were created to hear me just like a baby responds to the sound of their mother and father's voice instantly after birth. See, a baby, when it's carried in the mother's womb, hears the mother's voice and recognizes that voice. So instantly that baby cries, or should, after it's born. And when the mother speaks, it recognizes that voice. And if the father's been around, it recognizes the father's voice. And he says, so too are you, the moment you choose to be my child, when you become born again, your ears become tuned to the sound of my voice. I change not, and neither does the sound of my voice. It is the distractions all around that cloud the sound of my voice. He said, remove the distractions, and you will hear ever clearly once again. Father, we receive from you tonight. We thank you for the peace that is in this place tonight. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, there's no distance in the spirit. And I pray that everyone that is watching this by way of live stream or that will watch it later, Father, that the same peace, the same presence that is here with us tonight would enter people's homes and vehicles, workplaces, Father, wherever they are. that this peace and quiet that's here would enter in so we can all hear your voice ever so clearly. We love you, Father. We love you, Holy Spirit. We tune our ears to hear your voice tonight. And we receive fresh manna from heaven tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. If you want to sit, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. You can worship. Amen. We worship in spirit and in truth. Truth being the word. Amen. Amen. I'm going to do something that I've never done before, and that's, I like printed up scriptures on my notes, so I'm not even... I've got too many, so I don't have time to turn to them all. So usually I use this. So if you don't have this, you need to bring it. If you don't have one, you need one. You need to let us know. This is a word of faith, church, in case you didn't know. 
I'm going to start with John 10, 14 through 16, and I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. I'm going to go through some scriptures that we've been going through in this series. Isn't this been a good series? Has anyone heard from the Lord? You've gotten answers in this kind of journey on Wednesday nights. You've heard specific. Isn't it encouraging? When you start receiving the word on something, any subject, you start receiving in that subject. So if we're teaching on healing, a lot of you, back when we did the healing series, you started receiving your healing. Why? You were building your faith up. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Amen. So the more you hear something the more faith you got for it and the easier it is for it to manifest in our lives. Amen. So this is John 10, 14 through 16 in the New Living Translation. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. I know my own sheep. I love that. And they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. My goodness. Think about that. Oh, Lord, help me get through this. Okay. Think about that. Just the same exact way that the Father knows Jesus and Jesus knows the Father, Jesus knows us. And we ought to know him. Amen. He said it. It wasn't my words. They're in red. Red words win. Amen. So I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I have other sheep too that are not of this sheepfold, the Jewish flock. Praise the Lord. Amen. We got grafted in. I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock with one shepherd. They will listen to my voice. Doesn't that sound like a faith confession? My sheep will listen to my voice. Jesus believes in you and me. He believes so much in us that he laid down his life. And then he said this, they're going to hear my, they're going to listen to my voice. They're not just going to hear it. They're going to listen to it. There's a difference between hearing and listening. I've come to know. I can hear you say something, and I'm, I'm kind of one of those I can follow squirrels everywhere. It's hard for me to concentrate sometimes. My husband's laughing, yes. It's hard for, he can say something, I'm like, wait, can you say that one more time? Because I heard you, but I didn't, I didn't hear you. <laughs> I have to tune my ear, I have to slow down. A lot of moms are like that because we wear so many hats. We're thinking about all these other things. We don't slow down to focus in on the one. Amen? Slow down. Amen? In the King James Version, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. That is John 10, 27 in the King James Version. We're we're just going to go to the Amplified. And then I'm going to show you a really cute... Well, can I show them the picture first? You have the picture of the sheep. Do we have the picture of the sheep? That's you and me. Isn't that cute? I wanted something. I I like to laugh a lot. My girls used to watch this show called You Know. Does any, if you're from up north, you might know it. Minnesota? I wonder if Matt knows You Know. Tessa, do you know You Know? I don't know where she went. Do you know You Know? Anyway, it's the cutest little thing, but that little sheep is what they all look like. In the, and my girls wore those DVDs out, and it's the same songs over and over and over and over again when they were little bitty. That's us. We are sheep. Amen? And we know our shepherd's voice. We know the father's voice. A shepherd, and you've heard Pastor Annette talk about this, so I'm not going to go in detail, but a shepherd smells like the sheep. Why? Because he lives with them. God lives with you, whether you realize it or not. He's with you. 
He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. So some places we take God, we might not want to take him there. Amen? Some things we say when God's around, we might not want to say what we're saying. Amen? So we're ever learning how to hear his voice and be more aware of his presence. Amen? All right, this is John 10, 27 through 29, the Amplified. The sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice. Okay, show the ear. You like this one too. I can't remember which one I chose. Yep, that's pretty self-explanatory. I had a pastor uh, years ago. He would say, show me your flappers. And he would do this. Yeah, show me your flappers. So everybody show me your flappers. Isn't that fun? I spend a lot of time with young people, so bear with me. <laughs> the sheep that are my, are my own hear and are listening to my voice, and I know them and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never lose it or perish throughout the ages. So eternal life, if you have that in your Bible, it's in the King James as well, underline that. Next first, and no one is able to snatch them out of my hand. Mm. My Father who has given them to me is greater and mightier than all else, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. You cannot be snatched out of the Father's hand. You are His. You are His very own. And if you have kids that aren't following Jesus, and at one time they did, they aren't that far. They aren't as far away as you think. You just keep faithing. Amen? Now, sometimes you've got to let them go. Sometimes we hold on with too tight of a grip. Sometimes you just got to say, you know what, Lord? You can get this out. Father, they're your sheep, not mine. (laughs) They're yours. So you handle it. That's right. Amen? And he's okay with that. He's he's a pretty big God. He can handle that, right? Amen. So going back to eternal life. Eternal life, Zoe, the God kind of life is kind of the way we... we, uh, translate eternal life. Amen. This is the promise we have as we listen to the voice of the good shepherd, as we listen to the voice of Jesus, as we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. They are all one and the same. We walk and we have made available to us the good life, eternal life, the Zoe life, the life we all desire to live. Amen. The life we see Dr. Savell and Brother Copeland and Jesse DePlantis live in, and we're all like, I want to be there someday. Amen? How many of you would like to give as big as Jesse gives? That's me. Yeah, we're a giving church. We want to have so much we can give it away. Amen? We want to be the blessing. We want to be able to give cars and houses away. Amen? But we got to hear just as they are here. We can't hear, try to hear, get in on their conversation with God. We got to have our own conversation with God. Amen. And he wants to have it with us. That's the good part. Glory to God. Okay. John 14, verse 23 and 26. And this is in the King James. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. Ooh, abode. God and Jesus are going to get all up around you and snuggle in and get tight. Amen? That's a good, that's good. You're not alone. Say, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. Verse 26, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He's already sent him. 
He shall teach you all things. Say all things. And bring all things to your remembrance. Say all things. And whatsoever I have said unto you. Mm. I want you to say this after me. Say, I belong to Jesus. And I hear his voice. Say it one more time. Say, I belong to Jesus. And I hear his voice. Now, if you don't belong to Jesus, you haven't asked him into your heart, today is your day. Every day is your, could be your Jesus day. Amen? If you're watching my way of live stream, all you got to do is say, God, take my life and do something with it. I believe in you. And he'll do it. He's so faithful. He's good like that. Brother Hagen used to always say, you cannot separate faith from being led by the Spirit. Faith and being led by the Spirit are one and the same. The Holy Spirit will always confirm and line up with the Word of God. So I'm just going to give that preface before we go into tonight. The title of this is Faith and Being Led by the Holy Spirit. We're going to have some faith. We're faith people. Say, I'm a faith person. And let's just say, let's just take a little, another step of faith and say, I'm a faith giant. Okay, I got one who really believes it right here. So let's say it one more time. Say, I'm a faith giant. Come on. We got to get, we got to get our party on, right? All right. I want to talk a little bit about the story of Cornelius and Peter. Do y'all remember that? In Acts 10, do you remember Cornelius? He was the uh, captain of the Italian brigade. He was a Gentile, all right? He was not a Jew, yet he loved the Lord, and he was a giver too, and he sought the Lord, and he honored the Lord with his life, right? And one day, he heard from God. He heard from an angel, and the angel said, I want you to go seek Peter out. Isn't that cool? That someone who is not a Jew is hearing from God. At that time, not too many people, that didn't happen. That wasn't like today. You know, we're not Jew. We're kind of grafted into his mind, right? Now we know we are, right? But back then they didn't know that. All he knew is God told me through an angel, I got to go get Peter. And he told them where he was, right? So we're going to pick this story up after Cornelius's vision. This is in verse 9 in Acts 10. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh into the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry. How many of you get hungry when you pray? (laughs) And he became very hungry, and he would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell in a trance and saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him as it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth. You can just, I love the way this describes it. You can just see it. Can you just, I love words. Words are are pictures. They're things. They're not just, you know, um, shapes on a page. Words are things. So let this, get a picture of this. Get a picture of Peter on the rooftop um, I know in a lot of different countries, they go on the rooftops. I, I wish we kind of did. I thought, it'd, I think it'd be cool to have a cool rooftop. So in my dream home, I have a plan for it, to have a rooftop. I can go and watch the sunset and pray and watch the sunrise. Amen. So you gotta get, you have to picture this. He's seeking the Lord. Amen. He's going up to pray. He got hungry. Uh, but before he could eat, God showed up. Amen. 
All right. <laughs> As it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners and let down to the earth, verse 12, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and, a, and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is uncommon or unclean. Oh, what? He knew that Peter knew the word, right? He knew the law. But now we're kind of in uncharted territory, the Holy Ghost. It's new. They're learning. Amen? Just like we're learning. Peter was learning. We have to hear from the Lord. Verse 15, and the voice spake unto him again. Don't you know God's not going to give up on you? He's not going to just speak one time and say, well, if you didn't catch it, so sorry. You should have written it down, right? <laughs> Although I wish everybody would write things down. But um, anyway, <laughs> arise therefore and get thee down. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Verse 15, was I in verse 15? Okay, what God has cleansed, that call not thou common. Hmm, God has already cleansed those beasts and animals. You can eat cow if you want to, Peter. Go for it, right? God wasn't talking about eating steak and bacon and all that kind of good stuff. He wasn't talking about this and good stuff. In verse 19... While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. God prepared Peter. He showed him things to come. Remember, we talked about the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will be sent unto you. He's already sent unto us. So we can say the Holy Ghost is sent unto us. And he's going to speak to us. He's going to remind us of everything that Jesus taught. Amen. But then he's also going to show us things to come. God was so kind and so generous. Don't you know God? Jesus knew Peter very well. (laughs) I love Peter. Peter is probably my favorite of all the disciples. You know what I like about Peter? He would just step out not thinking about anything. And I tend to do that. He would just do it. He wouldn't even think twice. And I love that about Peter. Now, sometimes you have to think before you do something because there's wisdom that comes along with, with the process. Amen? But he loved God so much, he just wanted to do whatever the will of God was. You know, he laid himself out on the line. And God loved him enough to bring him back in. When Jesus came back, he asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? What was he doing? He was saying, I'm wiping away the first time you deny me, the second time you deny me, and the third time you deny me. So Peter, I think, is one of God's favorites. Even though I know John is, because he tells everybody he's God's favorite. I think Peter was one of God's favorites, too. So God loves Peter, and he knew Peter's going to obey my law, so I better come down and kind of forewarn him about these Gentiles that are coming his way. God is good like that. He's going to warn you and I. He's going to prepare us. He's not going to spring something on and say, okay, go. And you're like, what? It's not going to hit us blindsided. He's a good father. Amen. He loves us. I love it. You see, Peter had no idea what was about to happen. I love this. He had no idea that God was about to unveil to him his desire to graft the Gentiles into his vine. Had he not been listening to the Holy Spirit, he would have missed this opportunity to be a huge part of God's eternal plan for all mankind. 
When Peter went with the men to Cornelius' house, he walked in and realized, I am in the house of Gentiles. I'm not supposed to be fellowshipping with you. Well, Peter began to share the gospel with him, and guess what? They all got filled with the Holy Ghost. And Peter was like, well, I guess I realize God is no respecter of persons. Can you imagine Peter got to be a part of the first group of Gentiles getting filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized? This is really big. This is what Jesus died for. He died for the Jews, but he also died so all of mankind could be grafted into the family of God. Had Peter not listened to the voice of the Lord, he would have missed out on that opportunity. He wouldn't have been the one. God's faithful. He would have sent another, but Peter chose to listen. Amen? He heard the voice, but he chose to listen and do. And I love what it says, doubting nothing. There are two things we can learn from this story. I'm going to have four main points. So if you're a note taker, this is number one. The first thing, don't be, don't move until you hear the Spirit give direction. Sometimes we step out, we haven't heard anything. And then we get kind of in, we get in trouble. We do. Brother Hagen used to say, I go as much by what the Lord doesn't say and by what he, as by what he does say. Amen? If God isn't telling you to do something, don't do it. Now, that doesn't mean sit like a bump on a log and wait for somebody to come force feed you food. We're created to work. We're created to put our hand to the plow. So don't be lazy. I'm not going to say that. But in stepping out and doing things, be led by the Spirit. Don't try to go make something happen. Amen? Sometimes we get in a hurry and step out in our own plan. This only leads to trouble. I'm going to tell on me. The Lord told, told me to tell on tell you on me. I'm going to tell you my flops and I'm going to tell you my victories. I'm a homeschool mom. And when I started out, I was very reluctant to be a homeschool mom because my only vision of a homeschool mom was the long jean skirts, no makeup, hair pinned back in a bun. That was my only vision. And I wore lots of makeup and I have big hair. And my husband doesn't like jean skirts. So (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to be a homeschool mom. Because that was my view. Isn't that shallow to think that's the only... Anyway, God's good to me because in, in joining life with my husband, I got to join up with another family that were homeschool families. And they were awesome. These kids were amazing. First of all, they loved each other. And they all got along, which is awesome. And they were smart. They were bright. They had personality. They were outgoing. They were, they totally blew out of my mind what I thought a homeschool kid. Cause of my, the only homeschool kids I knew had no social skills, no, they just didn't fit in society. And I didn't want to raise kids like that. Right. So the Lord was preparing my heart for homeschool someday right? Just by that one, just by, just by seeing people who, who were successful at it, right? Okay, so Michaela gets to be about kindergarten age, you know, before, and I'm like, okay, I teach college kids. I don't know how to teach kindergarten. I, that's a big responsibility. 
to teach someone how to read and one plus one equals two. I mean, I know those things, but to be able to communicate on that level. So you know what I did? I thought, oh, maybe God didn't want me to teach right now. Oops, sorry. That was my fault. Women and microphones, I know. Um, So I put her in public kindergarten. And you know how I justified it? The teacher was a Holy Spirit-filled, beautiful Christian lady. That's how I justified it. Oh, she's going to be at a school with a Jesus teacher who absolutely loved her, by the way. She was... She was one of the greatest teachers I've ever known. She was precious. So anyway, but it wasn't right for Michaela. I didn't obey the voice of the Lord because I knew the Lord told me to homeschool. I wasn't confident because for some reason in my jug of a head, I thought I was going to have to do it on my own. God never will ask us to do on our own what he leads us to do. He never expects us to live this life in our own strength and our own power, and we have to know that. So I put her in public school, and that just wasn't a good deal because um, she got exposed to all sorts of stuff. You know, we, oh, I got one little one. I better not say that. Oh, well, I will just say this. We are very truthful with our kids where Christmas is concerned, okay? So we don't play the whole thing, okay? (laughs) We're we're very, that's just the way the Lord showed me. When I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and I'll tell you why. When I was in high school, I had a problem with the spirit of lies. It was a spirit. It was a familiar spirit. When I got filled with the Holy Ghost, that spirit left, and there was no way I was going to open up the door for it to regain entrance into my life. And the bottom line is the person who that is, or who it represents, well, he's in heaven now. He was a great man when he lived the earth. Y'all know who I'm talking about, right? Okay, all right. So uh, the first Thanksgiving, all the parents get to go up there, and guess what they do for Thanksgiving feast? I'm thinking we're going to have, like, pilgrims. We're going to learn about how, you know, the Indians and the pilgrims gave thanks to God. No, they have a powwow. Someone's grandparents in the kindergarten class follow the Indians all around, and they brought all of their false gods all of their religion, and taught the kindergartners about the religion of the Indians. Yeah. So, eh, number one. <laughs> then, even as a little, even as a little one, we were very honest with our kids. And they, they love St. Nick. They love St. Nick. They love the story of St. Nick. But they knew the truth. They knew where those gifts come from. And uh, after the holidays of having Santa Claus everywhere... Michaela asked me, Mommy, are you sure something? And I thought, oh my goodness. Number three. So Rick and I prayed and we pulled her out before the Easter Bunny because I did not want (laughs) Easter to come around and her think that it's all about a fake bunny rabbit that actually is pretty creepy looking if you ask me. So, that was a flop. It was a big, huge, ginormous flop because I didn't listen to the Lord. But then I pulled her out and I homeschooled her the rest of kindergarten. And I got another bright idea. Oh, I'll put her in a, some school, it's the, the university mod, model school where you like teach part of the time and they go to a school part of the time. <clears throat> that didn't work either. 
Um, so then I finally submitted to the Lord and began to homeschool, and it was wonderful. And it was beautiful, and did you know what? God equipped me to do it. And it's fun. It's challenging, but it's fun. I don't like algebra <laughs> at all, right, Stephanie? Can I get an amen? Um, but that's okay because I'm remembering it and I'm relearning it. So bless the Lord. But because I listened to the voice of the Lord and I finally yielded, there's so much grace. If you're out there trying to work your own plan and, you're, and this, you like kind of have this itch in your heart, like, this is making me feel uncomfortable because I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing, or I haven't stepped out and done what the Lord told me to yet, just there's so much grace. Just step out and do it now. He'll get you right back on track, and you'll just go to trucking in his plan. Amen? He's so faithful. He's so faithful. The second lesson we can learn from Peter's story is when the Spirit speaks, do what he says without doubting. See, I doubted. And the Amplified, it says, with no hesitation. I hesitated. I hesitated. Sometimes we have to purposefully doubt our doubts. I like Jesse DePlanis says that. You just got to doubt your doubts. And when you doubt your doubts, your doubts are doubted. Amen? Amen? And then Satan's like, what? He just doubted the doubt? What? He's confused. We put him on the run. Isn't that cool? Doubt your doubts. Sometimes what the Spirit is leading us to do seems so out there and so crazy. And guess what? That's okay. If he's telling you to do something out there that looks a little strange, nobody else has done it, and your family's like, what are you doing? It's okay. Stay close to him. Stay close to him. Get all nestled up close to him because he's going to be the one you need to be close to when you're stepping out on the water like that. Okay? And he'll encourage you. Remember, our ears are tuned to hear his voice encourage us and cheer us on and lead us and guide us. Our ears are, are tuned to that. When we're born again, it's like we get a new set of ears. Or our ears get cleaned out, which that's kind of a gross. We'll just say we get a new set of ears. Don't try to fix God's word with your intellect either. When he gives you direction, don't try to find a wise your own wise plan on how to see it come to pass. All right? Just do what he says. See, I came up with my own little wise plan. Well, maybe if I can just get her where she... I mean, she was already reading really well. I don't know what I was all worked up about. That child was reading very early in her life. But I, I came up with my own plan, and it didn't work. It never does when you come up with your own plan. Let's go to another story. Let's go to Noah. Y'all are so quiet tonight. <laughs> Hebrews 11.7. We're going to do Hebrews 11.7. <clears throat> this is in the King James. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen as yet, moved with fear. Fear meaning reverence. He wasn't afraid. He moved with fear. He moved with reverence towards the Lord. Prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. Okay, so you think what you have to do is crazy? God has not told you to build an ark. Aren't you glad about that? Amen. Wouldn't that be funny? You start sawing away and nailing away at an ark in the middle of Fort Worth, downtown Fort Worth. Yeah, we'd probably get hauled off and 
locked up in the loony bin, which I'm sure they probably would have liked to have tried to done to Noah. Of all the crazy things to have to do to build an ark because God told you it was going to rain and yet it had never rained before. How, how's the earth going to flood? It doesn't rain. Hmm. But he listened. Say, thank God he listened. Thank God. You and I wouldn't be here if he hadn't listened. That's right. Because he chose to listen and do what God instructed him to do, mankind and the animal kingdom were saved. Think about that. Think about that. If he hadn't listened, I'm excited to meet Noah someday. Not only was all mankind saved, but each were taken care of by God himself. Where God leads, he provides. If he is leading, then we can rest assured knowing that he goes before us and he makes the crooked places straight. He's going before you. You need to, if you have questions, if you're getting ready to step out in something, or you're believing God for something, I encourage you to get in your word and find every scripture that talks about him going before you because there's a lot of them. That one's in Isaiah 45 too. That's your first one. You can go find the rest on your own. I love those scriptures. I have them. We're believing for a house. And so I am, I am quoting these scriptures because what I have in my mind, God already has a house prepared for me. Amen? Gabriella, she's 12, absolutely loves the Lord. And she hears from God. And it's a beautiful thing. And I remember one day, I think it was after the last night of worship, she came up to, to me and she said, Mom, she goes, that just, it just dawned on me. When Jesus, when the veil tore in the temple, when Jesus died and he raised up again, when that veil tore, our house was already paid for. <laughs> Out of the mouths of babes. Thank you, Jesus. Right? We raise Holy Ghost children and they come to a church and they get the word of God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. But for a 12-year-old to see our house 2,000 years ago, Mm. Think about it. Think about it. Um, when we, my husband and I, we lived in Oklahoma the first six months of our marriage. I prayed that we, I wouldn't give birth to Michaela in Oklahoma. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you understand because Oklahoma people feel the same way about Texas people, right? In the natural. I love Oklahoma people, though. And I really think it's a beautiful place. But when you grow up in Texas, you just kind of have this thing with Oklahoma. So, <laughs> I don't know. And I'm sure if you grow up in Oklahoma, you just kind of have this thing about Texas. So, ha, y'all, y'all ended up in Texas. You're not? Where are you from? I was born in California. I'm a Cali girl. All right. All right. Well, I love you, Jeremiah. I really do. And I love your people. Because <laughs> God is love, right? <laughs> anyway, we were moving back to Waxahachie, which is where my husband is, is from. He was born and raised there. And the Lord gave him a very specific area to find a house to buy. There wasn't much in this area. We had horses. We needed land. Um, we still do. Land is hard to come by in the city. It's very hard to come by. But he said, I mean, it was so specific. It was on the north side of 287, the south side of 35, and the west side of I-45. And I mean, it was just this little bitty box of land, and there wasn't much land to choose from. But don't you know, God knows. 
What did he do? He went before us and made the crooked places straight and provided 7.5 acres, this cute little farmhouse, and I really enjoy trees. I don't love them. I love God and I love people, but I really like trees. So I got, how many oaks did we have in that front yard? At least 30. And yeah, 30 oaks, crepe myrtles. Fall was beautiful at my house. Not to mention the however many trees in the back. It, it, we had so many trees. It was a beautiful piece of, of land. We could see the sunrise and the sunset. It was gorgeous. God provided that in the exact location. He went before us. He made the crooked places straight, and he provided every step of the way. So where God leads, he's going to provide for you. Amen. Amen. No matter how crazy it looks, he's going to provide for you. When we moved back to Fort Worth, we heard in March that... No, in March, that August 15th was our last day down there. And then June 1 of that same year, before the August 15th that we were leaving, the Lord told us to move to Fort Worth, serve Dr. Savell. From there, we'd fulfill every assignment on our lives. So I go to, oh, we're moving to Fort Worth. I go to looking at houses. And I'm getting stressed out about it. We, we went for a weekend at a hotel just to get away and pray. And I'm stressed. I'm laying at a pool in the sun and I should not be stressed, but I'm stressed. I'm like, there's no houses. I don't know where I'm going to live. I was stressed. And you know what I heard the Lord say? Did I tell you to look for houses? I was like, well, no, but you told me I moved to Fort Worth. So I just assumed my mama said something about assuming. I'm not going to repeat it. Anyway, so guess what? I stopped looking at houses and he said, don't look until I tell you. We had a full summer. We had missions trips. We had youth camps. We had sports camps. We were all over the place that summer. This is June 1. We're moving to Fort Worth. Danny knows this life. (laughs) So do y'all. So we went the whole summer and I didn't worry about it. I was like, well, God has a house for me. So what is it? Two weeks before we moved here? We finally were able to meet with Dr. Savell, get our assignment. We looked at houses, I think that same day. Um, looked at two. The first one, no. The second one, I didn't really like it all that much, but when I walked in, God said, this is it. So I just changed my not liking it to liking it. <laughs> and we left the deposit with um, Pastor Justin and the first first month's rent because we still needed land. We didn't we didn't we didn't have time to go find land. Yeah, with that being approved, we just and then we hightailed it back down south because we had a camp I think or something else. Yeah, we were ministering. So um, God provided. We knew a week and a half before we moved in where we were going to live, right? But where God calls you out, He provides. Amen. He's a good father, and he goes before us, and he makes the crooked places straight, but we had to hear his voice, amen? We had to hear what he was saying. We had to hear that August 15th was the last day. That was a huge step of faith for us. Then we had to hear where we were going to live. That was a huge step of faith for us, because that meant, oh, we're going to be, like, settled. Like, we traveled all all our married lives, right? That was different for us. But we had to hear his voice. Say, I hear the shepherd's voice. God is so good. Let's go to Joshua. This is Joshua 6, 2 through 5, and then verse 10. 
But the Lord said to Joshua, I have given you Jericho, its king, and all its strong warriors. You and your fighting men should march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, you are to march around the town seven times and with the priests blowing the horns. When you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into the town. Verse 10, this is Joshua, what he tells the people. He says, do not shout, don't even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. Now, God didn't add that in the direction, right? But Joshua went just as much as by what God didn't say is by what he did say. God never told him to talk. So he just made sure the Israelites didn't talk, right? He said not a single word. Mm. As Joshua led the people to do exactly what the Lord had instructed them, They had the results God intended for them to have. They walked right into the promised land, right into victory, right into the flourishing, abounding, glory-filled life that we talk about. Why? Because Joshua did exactly what the Lord said. And he didn't want to waver from it. He didn't do like I did when I was trying to come up with my own plan about homeschool. No, he did exactly what the Lord told him to do. And what's a miracle is all those Israelites did exactly what Joshua told them to do. They didn't really have a history of doing that. But for some reason, that was their time. Amen? They heeded the voice of the Lord, and they did exactly. And look what they had. They walked right in. I mean, my goodness, walls falling down, that's supernatural. God wants to do the supernatural in us. He wants to do the supernatural for us. Amen? Sometimes we just got to get our own hands off of it and our own stinking thinking out of it and our own little brain cells and begin to think from here and not here. We have an unction that comes from the Holy One, and we know all things. Say this, they have the mind of Christ. Say it again, say, I have the mind of Christ. Your mind is not your brain. Your brain is an organ. Here's a good way of putting this. This vessel is the house of your spirit. Did you say this on Sunday? I can't remember what I've heard. I've heard such good word in the last few weeks. It's been so good. Your body is the house for your spirit. Your spirit is the house for the Holy Spirit. You see how that works? The Holy Spirit lives in your spirit. So when he speaks, he speaks through your spirit. He leads you through your spirit, not through your body. Through your spirit, that unction. You have it. You know it. Amen? You just got to pay more attention to it. Hallelujah. A third lesson we can learn from, this is number three, Joshua's story, is to trust the leading of the Holy Ghost through your leaders. Phyllis Moore, who's Keith Moore's wife, she said, oftentimes what costs us today is that we don't trust the person who is being led. 
We go into pastor's office asking for advice, but then when he gives us a word or direction, we question his leading and therefore miss out on a direction really given by God. Trust your leadership. Trust those that are in authority over you. Trust those people that speak into your life. You gotta trust them. Amen. You gotta trust Pastor Justin and Annette. When they speak, just say, Yeah, okay, I'm gonna step out on the water. They're led by the Spirit. They're not just gonna say anything. You know why? Because they know they're held accountable to whatever they say. They're seeking the Lord for you, but they can't do all the work. Eric, are you ready? Can you give just a quick little snippet? Okay. We don't have a whole lot of time. Come on up here. I got a mic. I want you to hear Eric's story and his wife, his beautiful wife, about hearing from the Lord. Right. So um, just as you were saying to uh, trust the Holy Spirit through your leadership, um, we were given an opportunity to do that recently. Um, so very, very briefly, my wife and I were faced with a few decisions, um, a couple of them. Well, main, main one concerning one of our sons. Uh, we've got three boys and uh, doing very well in school, but one of them, uh, they go to Montessori Academy and they give them a lot of autonomy, a lot of freedom in the Montessori school uh, structure. And so our middle son is really experiencing uh, or taking advantage of some of that freedom <laughs> and uh, not making the best decisions. So we, we were considering maybe pulling him out, maybe doing some other things with him. And so um, we didn't want to make that decision on our own in the natural. It's a big decision to make. Um, so my wife uh, was insistent upon talking to Pastor Cassie and Pastor Rick about it. And I didn't tell her this, but I didn't want to do it just because I felt like I didn't want to bother them. You know, I got a lot going on, and I figured that we could take care of it ourselves. Um, but I didn't tell her that, and so I didn't pull back, and so she did. Um, I think we were scheduled to talk together as a couple, but uh, I was busy doing something after one of the services, and I think you tapped her shoulder and pulled her back to Rome. Anyway, so they had a brief meeting, and um, they prayed together. Pastor Cassie gave us some very specific instructions. She said, well, here's what you do. You go home with your husband. You, uh, you pray together, and that's something that we, we've done as a couple, but not as often as we should. We would normally say, well, we'll pray about it, but for Leah and I, that meant that I would pray, and she'd pray, and then we'd come together and kind of decide, but we wouldn't really pray together. And we'd be in agreement, we'd be on one accord, but we wouldn't be seeking the Lord together in the same way. Um, and so when she got that word, um, well, the word was, go home, pray with your husband, First pray, uh, first worship, and Pastor Cassie said worship for X amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, you, she said you know when it's time to transition, 10 minutes, 5 minutes, whatever it may be. Um, then she said, uh, then transition to praying in the spirit. Of course, simultaneously, you and your husband in room together. Uh, pray in the spirit for X amount of time, 5, 6, 7 minutes, whatever. And then pose your question to the Lord. And then sit quietly and wait for an answer. Very, very uh, structured like that. Very, very regimented and very specific and very pragmatic. So uh, my wife told me that we went home and I couldn't wait. We did exactly that (laughs) that very night. Um, And we started with worship, put on, I don't know, John Thurlow or somebody we like and just listen to some worship for six or seven minutes. Uh, We transitioned to praying in the spirit together. um, And then we posed the question. I was a little um, excited but nervous, thinking like, "What? What is this? this is going to work? Is it not? What happens if it doesn't work? We'll be disappointed, so on and so forth." So we did, and I think, and you also encouraged her to use yes and no answers, yes. and and, uh, and so we did that. We said, "Lord, do we take uh, our son out of this school?" We had a lot of other questions we wanted to ask, but we figured that summed it all up the best. And um, and then um, we said quietly, and it didn't take very long, and the Lord began to speak um, that time through me, and He spoke in first person. And he said, uh, my favor is on that boy. 
And he never said yes or no, do this or do that. He just spoke and said what he wanted to say. He said, my favor is on that boy. He said it twice. And then he said, um, and my favor makes rules and overrides. And then he said, I am the Lord. And who can bring a charge against my elect? Because there's been a lot of, not accusations, he's only seven, but, you know, the teachers are saying he's doing this, he's doing right. And they were right, he was. But nonetheless, he said, uh, I am the Lord, and who can bring a charge against my elect? And then he said that the enemy is a liar, um, utterly and totally disregard everything he says, and count it as mere rubbish. And um, at some point in there, I told my wife to start writing it down. Um, and she did, so I've got it here. And that was the first night. And so we... We, we analyzed and realized it wasn't a yes or no, do this or do that. So we just began speaking that and declaring that over him, his favor's over him. And then over the next couple of weeks, he's been speaking. I've got a notebook full, but I'm be very brief. But he's been speaking, and we have been writing it down. Yes. And so I wanted to start bringing more questions to him now that we've got this channel open. I said, okay, well, what else can we bring? Because so, this is something that's new to us. And so um, anyway, so I've got some things going on at work and some opportunities uh, being sent my direction and believing God for some promotion. Well, the promotions occur, but the... The compensation is yet to come. And so I said, Lord, what about this? And I said, do I talk to him tomorrow? Because in the natural, I was just ready to go ahead and go in and negotiate and get it taken care of. I decided against that and said, OK, well, I'll do this same thing. And I did. He said, no, not yet. And long story short, um, he began to speak to me every night. We do it. He gave more insight, more direction. And then more recently, he said to and this was the Holy Spirit. The first time was the Lord. This time was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said, relax. You know, everything's OK. And he really said that it was really neat. He said that relax. It's cool. And then he said, build a foundation of praise and words of faith, speaking of the pay plan. And then I did that. He said, build a foundation of praise and words of faith. And I'm a visual person. So I typed up all these words of praise on that side. Praise to God for what he's going to do. And then words of faith on this side. And this is something this was just the other day. So now I've got a copy. My wife has a copy. And we're doing the same thing. And I could go on and on, but I'll leave it at that. But I just want to encourage everybody. He's a he's a speaking God. He's faithful. And he does want to communicate to us. He does want to give us specific instructions like Straight Street and how he told Paul to go to Straight Street and talk to Anias, I believe it was. Specific, detailed instruction he wants to give us. Um, so that's it. Is that about it? Yes, that's so good. That's so good. They heard from God. And they're all peaceful. They got smiles on their faces, right? When you hear from God, it's a good thing. Amen. That I wanted him to share because it was just the coolest thing. And it was very quick. This was just like two weeks ago that I met with you. So fast. So fast. You can hear from God. So if you got something, you're like, I think I need to go set up an appointment with Pastor Justin and Pastor Annette on. You know what? If you're married, get together with your spouse. If you're not, your husband is Jesus. That's right. That's right. Amen. Amen. I know that's kind of, I don't know what that's like with a guy that's single, (laughs) hearing your husband's genius, but it works. Somehow it works. God just works that out in our minds, right? He's there for you. Amen. Um, Let me go ahead and give you the fourth thing. If we haven't heard a direction from the Lord, then we have no foundation to build our faith upon. We end up wishing instead of believing. We must hear from God. I hear it, especially in the Word of Faith camp. I love our camp. I love our household of faith. I am so blessed that when God met me on my prodigal road and he came running, 
there's a song that says, he came running with a ring and a robe. <clears throat> I am so blessed that he found me and put me in the Word of Faith camp. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, Jesus. But I hear a lot of Word of Faith people that are trying to live off Dr. Savelle's faith. They're waiting for a car to show up or a house or a job or finances because Dr. Savelle lives that way. Or Brother Copeland lives that way. Or Jesse DePlantis lives that way. Right? We have to hear for ourselves. And God leads us by steps. There's steps. See, my husband and I, we've spotted our ultimate house that we believe will be in because I believe Jesus is coming back soon. So I believe that'll be our last house. It's got beautiful acreage. I'm really excited about that house. When I pray over that house, though, I keep seeing the roof of another house in my way. And I'm like, get out of the way. Get out of the way. What, what is God saying? There's another step to get to that one. And you know what? That step's okay. We got to take baby steps. We got to not despise our humble beginnings. We got to get pride out of the way so we can hear from the Lord and take the steps we need to walk in the good life. Amen. So if it's a baby step, it's a baby step. Rejoice in that baby step. Amen. Baby steps are good. I'm going to tell you really, really super quick because I'm, I'm, I'm almost ran out of time. The way, and this is the way I instructed Eric, um, the way I get alone and I hear with the Lord, or even my husband and I, I love to start off with Ephesians 1 and 2. If you're taking notes and you don't know that, you need to write that down. I pray the Ephesians 1 and 2 prayers over me. What am I doing? I'm getting myself back. See, our reborn again spirit is in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We're seated up there with him right now. You are. Your body is here. If your body was up there, we'd all be fit, healthy. We could eat as much chocolate as we wanted to, but, but we're here. There's got to be chocolate in heaven. Yes, 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 yes. God likes to feast. Can you imagine chocolate during the millennial reign when we come back to earth? Anyway, focus. See, I told you I go on squirrels. We need to ascend to our rightful place when pressing in to hear from God. You can't hear from him down here. I'm going to say this really quick, um, and then we'll pass it over to Rick. This is, I've been studying John G. Lake since I moved here. I'd read it before, but I was younger then in the faith. Now I'm reading it, and it's radically transformed my life over the last three years. But he talked of a Sunday school elder. He was in a Sunday school class, and this elder said this, Brethren, the reason there is a lack of sense of victory is because we are too far away from the Son of God. Our souls have descended. They are not in the high place where Christ is. Our souls, our mind, our will, our emotions... Let our souls ascend, and when they ascend into the realm of the Christ, we will have a new note. It will be the note of victory. John G. Lake went on to say, Beloved, that is the difficulty with us all. We have come down out of the heavenlies into the natural, and we are trying to live a heavenly life in the natural state, overburdened 
by the weights and cares of the flesh and life about us. That's why I said, get alone with God and worship him. What happens when you worship the Lord? Your soul ascends to where your spirit is. Your soul gets in line with your spirit. If you're dealing with sickness, when your soul gets in line with your spirit, your body is going to come in line with your spirit and your soul. Amen? That is the place we need to hear from. Is seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all principality, all power, all might, and all dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Amen? That's where we need to be. Ask God about the little things in your day, and you will begin to hear him on the big things more clearly. The Lord told me to, yesterday, he said, I want you to wear this coat. I was like, Lord, it's kind of dressy for a Wednesday night. He said, so? So I wore the coat. Amen? Amen. Maybe someone watching live stream really likes the coat, and they're like, ooh, I like that girl in the coat, and then they listen to the word. <laughs> you never know. One day, when we were down south, we had to live with a pastor friend of ours for two weeks while our house was getting ready. And back then, I just straightened my hair. My kids were younger. I didn't have time. I woke up Sunday morning. Lord said, curl your hair. It's like, Lord, I don't want to curl my hair. I want to straighten it. He said, curl your hair. So I curled my hair. I walked out of the guest bathroom, and there she was walking by, and she goes, thank you for curling your hair. And I thought, okay. She goes, all I see is girls just flat iron their hair. They don't even style it anymore. They just straighten their hair. Yeah, you curled your hair. Thank you. I was like, well, I guess I curled my hair for her. Administer to her. You have no idea what you do that people are watching. When I leave the house, 98% of the time, I think about what I look like. If I walk out of that nap, it's early, early in the morning, I run to the grocery store. I, I don't always think about what I look like. But that's early, early in the morning. But I think about what I look like. Do I reflect Jesus? Amen? What is that? It's being led by the Spirit. Amen? And then I'm just going to end with this. Live every day with the dove in mind. The dove meaning the Holy Spirit. There was a story of a lady who asked the Lord, I want to be more aware of your presence. And somehow, I don't I don't know how it all happened, but she could see this dove on her shoulder for two, two or three days. The dove stayed on her shoulder. Now, if you have a dove on your shoulder and you want to keep it there, how are you going to walk? You're going to walk. Like, okay, I don't want it to go anywhere, right? That's the way we should walk and live every day with the dove in mind. When you put on your clothes in the morning, live with the dove in mind. I'm going to tell you, wives, whether you like it or not, men like makeup. (laughs) They do. Am I right, Heather? We're both married to cowboys, so we get that. They do. And guys, women would like to see something other than those frumpy pajama pants that you wear all the time. My husband doesn't wear frumpy because he doesn't own them. I don't let him. (laughs) What is that? Those are little bitty tiny ways of being led by the Spirit, of honoring God and honoring those that he's put in your life. Little bitty ways, like what do I eat in the morning? 
the Lord told me this week, focus on fruits in the morning. I have no idea why. So I've been loading up with fruits in the morning. What is that? I have no idea why. Last night I was taking communion. The Lord said, go take a vitamin C. I was like, okay, that's strange. Before bed, I'm going to go take a vitamin C. I just listened to him. Amen? You may not know everything that God has planned for you. But that's okay. We hear it say, I belong to Jesus. And I hear his voice. You hear from God. Amen. Amen. All right. Did you get something from that tonight? Okay.